Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week and WordPress and SaaS. We've got, this is episode 717. We've got a great guest, a friend of the show as well. We've got Mark Westgard. He is the founder, and I must get this right, of WS Forms. That's it. Because I have an unbelievable need to call it something else, which Mark has pointed out to me. Uh, um, I have controlled myself, Tribe. But um, it should be a great show, a great interview. I'm going to let Mark quickly give us a 1026 introduction. Mark, can you introduce yourself to the tribe? Sure, yeah. Mark Westgard, uh, founder of WS Form, um, a WordPress plugin uh, for building forms. And I've got my co-host, Andrew Palmer, the man that knows how to get me into some severe trouble. So, Andrew, <laughs> can you introduce yourself to the tribe? My name is Andrew Palmer, and uh, I'm from Bertha.ai, of which Mark Westgard recently became a contributor because of his coding skills. So there you go. <laughs> All right. That's great. Um, before we go into this great interview, we've got a, a couple of messages from my major sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning and autofix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. I'd like to point out I've got some great special offers from the sponsors, plus other great offers, recommendations on WordPress plugins and services. You can get all these goodies by going over to WPTonic slash recommendations, and you find them all there. So let's go straight into it. So, Mark, um, how did you get into the kind of, I call it, the semi-crazy world of development? And then specifically, how did you get into the even more crazy world, in my opinion, of WordPress? Well, that's a long story. Um, I've been coding since I was about four or five years old. So, you know, I'm, I'm the classic British kid that was given a spectrum by their father. Um, and learned coded that way. So I went through college and university and um, studied in computing and then started my first agency on the last year of my degree in 1996 and um, started a, an agency called Absolute Internet. We were the UK's second fastest growing agency at the time. 
That um, is early because I, I did my I, I decided to do a mature degree at um I started there at nineteen ninety six, so it's pretty early days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so that's when Netscape one was around. So um we were we were lucky to have tables back then, let alone anything else. And um yeah, so we you know, we used to build websites for all manner of companies like Safeway, Sony, SAP, Filofax, um, all kinds of different companies. And um have really had an agency ever since then. I moved to the States in 2005 and met a New Orleans girl who Andrew has met. And um, uh, and then I got into the licensing game uh, with software probably about nine years ago. And that kind of evolved then into the, the plugin arena. But I've been using WordPress for about 10 years uh, with my team there. So we used to use WordPress for building our client websites. Um, and we would build from ground up. We'd always build custom themes, uh, literally from HTML to slash HTML. Didn't really use any off-the-shelf themes. So it was all custom stuff for uh, the clients that we work with. And, um, yeah, just been hammering on with, with WordPress ever since I've, I've followed its development. I'm not, you know, a veteran like some people. Some people have been using WordPress for much longer than that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was really my development team that introduced me to WordPress all those years ago and then they started going to WordCamps and things and that's that's where we are now so just a quick follow-through question um so it was your team because because of what you said about your UK experience I got the impression from your LinkedIn bio and that um that you're you know you've worked with some of the largest corporate entities in the world um and my my impression is that which why I'm asking you this question they they're not absolutely that positive about open source software mm. i'm not but I'm not sure if I'm right um so to recap, it was your team that kind of influenced you into into WordPress. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, back in the day when we were doing stuff for Sony and people like that, it well, a lot of that was custom written because content management systems didn't exist. You know, we, we actually wrote a content management system called ADS and we sold that to a bunch of big corporates that needed that type of functionality. Um, so WordPress actually was on the scene after we were developing those content management systems. And a thing that I guess that attracted us to, to WordPress was just the scalability of it, um, you know, the, the support network around it, the community, um, the ability to extend it with plugins and things like that. And, and obviously that's getting better and better every day. So um, it was a migration for us. But it, we, the, the problem we had with writing our own content management system was just the, the immense work it took to, to maintain it. So by jumping into the WordPress sphere you've got a you know pre-made product there that clients found pretty easy to update and maintain um so that's kind of why we made the transition over to it um so over to you andrew what's been the most successful way that you found to market ws forms and what makes the wordpress market a bit different from the previous market that you were in yeah so the pre well, i'll tell you the previous market i was in funnily enough was the wedding market and we we built a uh, a wedding planning and wedding website platform um, which originally we wanted to go direct to consumer with but quickly found that the the bridal market was saturated i mean it's just trying to trying to get a bride to use your product was not impossible so we white labeled it and we went to 
Condé Nast out of New York and white labeled it and licensed it to them. And that's the best thing we ever did. So, um, and it's kind of similar in the WordPress space. Uh, what I found is that the, the WordPress space is fragmented into lots and lots and lots of different communities, sub-communities of enthusiasts that like certain products. So it might be learning management systems. It might be um, Elementor. It might be Divi. It might be WooCommerce. Um, and each of these kind of has a circle of friends in it that, um, that talk about it and are trusted and respected. And what I found, and, you know, if I'm looking back now, this would be some advice I would give a plugin developer, is get involved in that community early on. Um, don't rely on, you know, Google AdWords and Facebook ads and things like that to promote a product in the WordPress space. It, it, to, for me, it didn't work. Uh, what, what worked for me and what I actually enjoy more is being part of that community and and um, and being involved in the community and helping people out. You know, I'll, I'll go on to various Facebook groups on a daily basis and just answer people's questions, not about forms, just about anything, um, and just help them out. And you'll slowly pick up relationships and friendships um, that become very, very worthwhile. Uh, I mean, I met Andrew years ago. Uh, Andrew was one of our very, very early advocates in WS form. We had a little chat about it. I showed him it. He liked it. Um, we did a little webinar on it. Uh, and you've got to do a lot of that. There's, you know, you've got to yeah. build a lot of content online. It takes a lot of time to do it. But um, as people start to use your product, I mean, Andrew's actually a user of my product. He actually uses it on his own website. Um, and having those recommendations for people are just worth, you know, worth their weight in gold. So, um, so yeah, that's that, you know, traditionally with my old business, I'll go out, find business, build a website, and then go out and build another website, find another customer, build a website. It was just a continual cycle. But with WordPress plugins, it's very much a community driven marketing effort that um, you, you've got to focus on. Hmm. I agree. Jonathan. Oh, thanks. Um, just got a quick follow through follow through question on that um so do you think the wordpress do you think obviously it's open source and there's other open source joomla um drupal um other open source but do you think that the wordpress community i use that very loosely do you think it's quite unique in the software area because of the amount of users and the fragmentation that you started off with your reply? I mean, if you look at other platforms that are out there that aren't necessarily content management, but, you know, ones like Salesforce and, you know, other other big corporations like that, um, there's definitely not that same community feel there. Um, I think, you know, with WordPress there's a lot of free content out there that people can get their hands on. And I think that has influenced the community quite a bit as well. You know, there's a lot of good free, I mean, we have a light version of our plugin. So if you want to build a basic contact us form and everything else, then you've got that. And I think as a result of that, you then rely on a community more to get help. Uh, Whereas a paid for product that isn't open source, then typically you're paying for that support. So, um, yeah, I think it's you know very different from from other platforms that are out there. Um, but uh, Word, I mean, WordPress just has this immense following that you won't find anywhere else. It's it's huge, and um, 
I think in a way that's good because you've got so many developers, so many people working on it. Um, on the flip side, it's difficult to get your message out there as a plugin developer because there are so many different channels out there. There's no kind of one main place that you can go to to say, hey, here I am. Um, and the community doesn't like it if you just pop into a group and say, hey, here's my product. That's not the way to do it. Yeah. The way to do it is to go out there, um, talk to these people that are influencers, get them interested in your product. Obviously, you've got to have a good product in order to be able to do that. Uh, but once they start latching on and other people start seeing it, then you start to see that kind of snowball. Um, and uh, patience is key in this game, for sure. It's, you know, it's taken me several years to get to, to where we are, for sure. Um, it's right. been more difficult because, you know, we, we're not a plug-in that's been around for 10, 15 years like some of my competitors. So, it's Well, kind of uh, my next question, which but in some ways you covered it in your reply of the previous question, mm is that, and I just want to see if you agree with this, is that, um, you know, you've been successful um, and the different ways you have marketed, I think you've covered that by building up more relationships. Mm -hmm. What your plug-in, it seems very powerful, very Mm -hmm. feature-rich, really focused at the developer and obviously... The elephant in the room is that that particular market is dominated by gravity forms. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a lot of people, and I'm one of them, is grandfathered in yep. to yep. a gravity form license. And I yep. get it at a very large discount. Mm-hmm. And it keeps me renewing it, even though we tend to use other plugins when we that are maybe a bit more friendlier for the end user who isn't a developer. Yeah. How have you, has this been something that you've talked about and and have you found mythologies, ways to overcome that? Or don't you, is it such, you just, it's such a big market, new developers entering that you're just not bothered by it? Yeah, I mean, we're not in the game to convert Gravity Forms customers over to our product. Um, you know, there, there's, like you said, it's such a huge, I mean, they, they, you know, the WordPress powers, what, 45% of the internet. There are plenty of new customers out there to be had. Um, I, and I've met the team at, at Gravity. They're great people. And we've, I've had chats with them at events. We're like, you know, it's, this, this place is big enough for both of us. <laughs> And um, and I've, I've met the developers of Fluent Forms and Ninja Forms and um, Formidable Forms and WP Forms. Uh, they're all great people and they're all community-driven. And um, we've never really had any kind of animosity between ourselves. It's just been a case of, yeah, let's just get on with it and let's, let's keep pushing this, this sector of, of WordPress forward. So really what I've done, the niche that... <clears throat> I've been trying to address. And the reason that we developed WS Form is that we were a developer house um, and we found some frustrations with the way other form plugins were doing certain things, such as responsive forms, such as integration, such as the number of different plugins you had to install to get a plugin to do what what you wanted it to do. Um, uh, And also 
we're really focused on being a kind of a no-code solution. So you can build pretty much anything you want, just drag and drop um, and a few mm-hmm. configuration settings rather than having to write some PHP code to make it happen. So we've got repeaters that work. We've got bi-directional integrations. We've got deep integration with ACF, Metabox, Toolset, and Pods for creating and editing posts. So that's kind of the niche that we've been focused on, and those are the kind of the key things that we find our users like. Um, uh, I've just been working with a developer this morning, in fact, and he wrote me a message on Facebook and says, I just clicked on HubSpot, clicked Add New, and it pulled my form down from HubSpot and built me a form. Wow, you just saved me three hours of work. <laughs> um, and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, the product just paid for itself. And that was that's really kind of where we focus. As a, a yeah, company. there's been some been some things about HubSpot in the Facebook groups and stuff like that, and you, you don't use APIs or HubSpot have cancelled some APIs to other forms mm-hmm. or whatever to yeah. make it more difficult. And I, I, pres- I assume... Um, because I don't want to get litigated against, but I assume that's to force people to use HubSpot forms rather than anything else. I don't know. I'm just making yeah. assumptions there. It but may well be that you use a different, a different uh, way of connecting, like OAuth and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It may well be that HubSpot just wanted to stop using API keys and use OAuth just because it's a better way of connecting. It's you know more sure. secure. Um, and we we try to use uh, so just in case you're viewers don't know what OAuth is. So OAuth is when when you connect to a third-party service, you click connect, it'll go to that service, such as HubSpot, you'll log in, and then a page will come up saying, do you trust WS Form to connect to this or whatever service you're using? And you just hit connect, and that's it. So all the handshaking goes on behind the scenes. There's no manual key entry. And what happened with HubSpot is that they announced that they were going to stop using API keys and focus on the OAuth side of things. And unfortunately, that has broken some third-party port plugins because they rely on API keys. Um, so we were fortunate that, you know, we I guess we developed our integration much later than they did. So we focused on the OAuth side of things. And so we've had some people um, be able to use our, our plugin instead. But, uh, but we always go a little bit further with our integrations in that we have one-click templates. So if you're using MailChimp, for example, um, you go add new, go to MailChimp, choose one of your lists, click on the template, and it actually builds a form for you. So all the MailChimp fields are there, the custom fields are there, all the bi-directional mapping is done. It's literally one click and it's ready out of the box. Right. Um, so other, other plugins, you have to put all the fields on the form that you want and then manually map all that across, test it and everything else. But ours does that out of the box, so... Amazing. Right, that's fantastic. We're going to go for our break, folks. We'll be back in a few moments and we'll continue this great conversation. We'll be back soon. Build next-generation WordPress forms with WS Form, the only fully responsive, no-code form plugin. Choose from over 60 feature-rich field types, conditional logic, repeaters, calculations, and more than 65 integrations to build intuitive, accessible forms. Upgrade your form plugin today at wsform.com. Use coupon code WPTONIC for 20% off any WS Form edition. Hey, it's Ben's from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, 
custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. Hey, Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white-label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the tribe. With FocusWP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love. Outsource the rest. We're coming back, folks. It's been a great conversation with Mark and WS Forms. Um, <laughs> I'm getting myself trained, tribe. <laughs> I, am, I am a walking, talking mess, and Andrew likes to point that out. Uh, um, so, uh, um, yeah, I'm a donkey, as he says. I'm not going to go the other part of my catchphrase there. Um, so let's go straight back into this great interview. Like I, like um, we talked about in the first half of the show, Mark, you, you are a, a very experienced developer, agency owner, and you have worked with a very long list of Fortune 5 companies. Pretty broad, broad question, and I'm going to try and keep myself tight. Have you got any practical advice to anybody, any think you can share any insight about developers that want to attract some of these higher corporate clients or sh- or should they not bother based on your experience yeah uh, i mean i guess it depends if it's corporate or government the government stuff i um is really difficult to get into and be very very careful doing that stuff it's uh usually an rfp process and they've already made their mind up but <laughs> so um but on the corporate side um the way that I got into a lot of these corporates was by doing a small job for them for free. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it was, you know, you, you've got some of these huge companies, but at the end of the day, they employ, you know, maybe they employ 20, 30,000 people, but there's one guy in that company who's responsible for a bit of web development, and they often need a bit of help. Um, I think one of the key things is not to, not to scare these people, uh, talk on their level, Listen to what they're into. Um, don't try and scare them with new technology and stuff. A lot of these, you know, even the marketing departments or the IT departments are pretty set in their ways. And yeah. you want to work within their parameters when you're, you know, doing work with them. Uh, it really depends on if you're responding to an RFP from them or if you're going to them and touting for business. Um, one of the companies I work with, they're a hair care company in the States huge company and i literally did a 400 dollars job for them just to try and get in the door and i've done hundreds of thousands of dollars with them ever since um just by doing one job by doing one job properly so um yeah i think you know it's difficult as an independent developer as a freelancer to have those development skills but also have those people skills those sales skills to be able to go into a business and sell yourself um I, you know but i think it's a care well that's one of the things you know it's one of the things i admire about you mark because I, I unlike i haven't known you as long as andrew but i observed that you've got excellent people skills but also by your resume what i found out you're obviously a very experienced developer and that's an unusual skill mixture that 
I've, I've observed in a couple other people, but not mm-hmm. many. Is that something that's been said to you before? It has, and I think really that just comes from having run a business from a very young age. You know, I, I never really was an employee. I, I started business young and I had to do everything. So you, you become, overnight, you become a salesperson, an accountant, an HR person um, and, and everything. And as your business grows, you can obviously employ people to do those things. But starting your own business is really challenging. It's, it's a lot to worry about, a lot of things to, to, to think about. Um, so, so many hats to wear, and I think what you, what I'd like to emphasize, not having, knowing you, knowing me, and all that, I know you quite well. I managed to stay at your place for a little while as well, and we we yeah. still friends, which is pretty cool. Beer and wine helps. Yeah, quite. The I think the the key that you're saying is is for any business. It doesn't matter whether you're yeah. approaching a corporate or whether you're approaching an individual with a tight budget. I think what it is is you, if you approach the person who is the decision maker, whether they're corporate or, or, or whatever, yeah. with um, empathy, kindness, willingness to help, all that kind of stuff, yeah. generally it kind of works out and they'll start paying you a decent rate of pay. That's what that's what my feelings are. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. When I was at university, uh, I did a year out with a company called Sequent who got bought out by IBM. They invented all the quad mm-hmm. processor boards back then. Uh, really cool company to work for. But they used to have these, um, I don't know, they had sayings on the wall that, you know, were the ethos of the company. And one of them that's always stuck with me was easy to do business with. And if you're easy to do business with, people will come back time and time again. And there's yeah. nothing more powerful than repeat business. I... I probably haven't acquired a new customer on my agency side for, I don't know, three, four years. Uh, and that's just because once you build that relationship with, with people, they'll, they'll come back for more, you know, and they'll ask you if you can do other things, not just sure. stuff you did on that first project. Mark, can you do this? Yeah, I can do that. And we'll <laughs> build that for them or we'll learn how to do it. Um, so I think, um, yeah, be a nice person. Have a good relationship with these people. You know, you, you tend to build friendships with these people over the years. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and that's that's really valuable. And, and they'll come to you before they go to anybody else. So um, you don't have to be a complete, you know, business tout to, uh, to make it in business. Just, you know, be a nice person. <laughs> oh, well, that, that excludes me then. So let's go on to the next question. <laughs> um, let's go on to the next question then. Um, look, everybody makes mistakes, you know, and we, you know, we tend to learn from them. Um, mm-hmm. what, what have been some of the biggest lessons that you have learned from your mistakes? Um, I think it's you know on, on the WS form side, probably on the marketing side, was just putting too much emphasis on paid marketing. Just didn't didn't work for us. Um, didn't really understand the space properly in the early days. And um, if and when I build a second plugin, that approach will be done very very differently to what we did. So um, the WordPress community doesn't tend to respond well to ads thrown in their face. You know, as as is evident with the WordPress admin, <laughs> with uh, people people hating <laughs> ads popping up everywhere. Um, yeah, we we keep our ads within WS form to say, hey, you know, you haven't put your license key or whatever, but we don't take over half the dashboard to say, hey, try our product. Um, 
it just it, yeah it just doesn't work uh, so i think yeah next time we do that we'll focus more on community than, than we will when you kind of paid advertising um i think also um more and more more bug testing really um when we launched ws form there were things that now that when i if i look back uh, we would have done a lot more testing on like the integration side of things and things like that uh, mm-hmm. before we went live. But on the flip side, you know, we didn't get any pissed off customers and it was quite nice having other guinea pigs helping us out with it. We didn't launch a product that was inferior, but maybe if we'd have spent a little bit more time, we would have reduced the number of support tickets we had on certain things. I agree with that as well. Or yeah. you have a, a coder that lives in Alabama that you can call upon and say, what's wrong with it? <laughs> Just as a quick observation, I, I think what you were saying about paid advertising, I personally see it as gasoline on the fire, really. I, I really yeah. think you've got to get the business model really tight and you've got to get your mm-hmm. marketing message and yeah. you really got to get... I think the difference between... Paid advertising with, say, Google or Facebook, where you're trying to reach a certain type of customer, which is difficult in the WordPress space, um, compared to, you know, maybe doing some, paying someone to write a blog or going to a company such as WP Tonic and doing some marketing through you guys. You know, you've got that WordPress captive audience already. So if you're going to spend any marketing dollars, I will, I'll always do it with a company that already has a captive WordPress audience. Sponsoring um, WordCamps, for instance, which you do yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like Porto, we, uh, well, I mean, we've sponsored several WordCamps. Um, the most recent one was Porto. We did a special offer Porto. Well, can started. I just, um, my own observation of that, each WordCamp is a, is a kind of micro event in its own world. Some some yeah. word camps have a good buzz and well-organised. Yeah. Others are a bit of a lost ship, really. They mm. vary quite a lot in their feeling and their buzz. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think um, there's definitely been different responses that we've had from different events. I mean, we did one in – the first one we ever did was in Dallas-Fort Worth. And very, very small, but we got such value from it. I mean, the people we met were just great. Um and then we've done like WordCamp US and not made a sale, you know. And then we did Porto and we did – with that one, we backed it up with a special offer. And I think by doing a, a really good special offer, we changed the dynamic of our sales in terms of usually with a form plug, you're not going to buy it till you need it, right? So I'm building a site. I need to build a form. I need to find the right form for the solution. You go out, look around, pick one and buy it. When you do a really, really strong special offer or something, it almost becomes an impulse buy. Um, And that's what we found with Porto. So we did a really special offer, did a bunch of demos. We managed to get people to buy it on the spot, which was great. Um, And we met some really cool agencies, developers there um, who loved the product. Um, And Porto went really well for us. I thought Porto was incredibly well put together. It was. was, Considering what they were facing, they did get some... um, I thought very unfair criticism myself. Oh, uh, I, just, uh, I thought it was extremely unfair, some of the criticism. There's always uh, going to be critics. Well, yeah. sometimes sometimes criticism is justified and you've got to take it on. You've got to take it on. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes it's just outlandish. And I thought some of the criticism, it wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. There were mistakes made on reflection, but people got to take into account 
that it was a major and a, a very large event and it, there'd been a, a substantial gap and people tend to criticise without taking in the other factors. It's just easier yeah. to criticise. Yeah. I mean, everything, everything was put together. It was, you know, brilliantly put awesome. together. I thought it was really amazing. Um, the people that went there, I I met, I mean, as a, as a plugin developer, if you want to meet the voices of WordPress, that's an event to go to. And um, interestingly, you know, I, I'm a member of Post Status as well, and I, I did something on, on their group, and we, we spoke about, um, you know, should we sponsor WordCamp US as well? And someone said, well, you know what? You've just done WordCamp EU. Yeah. You've pretty much met everybody that's going to go to WordCamp yeah. US anyway. It's the same sponsors. A lot of the same key people are there. Uh, I'm going to WordCamp US, but I'm just going to go as a, an attendee. And oh, well, we have to meet up for a coffee. I'll send you an invite yeah. and yeah, uh, I'll buy you a coffee and a pastry. There, um, <laughs> uh, there we go. Um, we need to wrap up the podcast part of the show, folks, um, but we will be continuing the discussion. I've got some other questions. Um, you can watch the whole interview, the podcast, plus the bonus content on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Please go over there. So, Mark, what's the best way for people to find out more about you, what you're up to, and WS Forms? Uh, if you want to learn about WS Form, just go to wsform.com. I think it's right there. Um, if you want to find us on Twitter, we're WS underscore form. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm just Westgard, W-E-S-T-G-U-A-R-D. Yes, and uh, Mark is has agreed to sponsor the show. It's much appreciated, Mark. Uh, I will be doing my best to promote. I actually think you've got a great form product um, and I'll be doing my best to try and promote it. Thank you. Um, um, Andrew, what is the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to? You can find me on Twitter at Arnie Palmer, uh, Bertha, at Bertha AI underscore uh, or Bertha.ai. That's right. That's fantastic. We'll see you next week with another great guest. We have some fantastic guests like Mark coming up. We, I think you're going to be surprised at some of the people that have agreed to come on the show. Um, we'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.